0: That's F-R-E-T 10. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com.
1: Hey, this is Sed Peterson. And this is John Kiltika, Ed. John, it's the High Game Podcast. It is the
0: High Game Podcast, indubitably.
1: Year four, going on five now. Yep. We just busted the hump, as they say. We broke the hump. Yeah. Where are we recording from?
0: We are in West Seattle, as always, beautifully so.
1: Yeah. What are we going to talk about today, John? I thought we might. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Just spitballing here. Mm -hmm. Talk about guitars Love it We've recently had quite a few smaller guitars Like Silvertone, Dan Electro, we did that Deco A lot of those guitars have been smaller form factor Yes Little guys Yes That guitar you're holding today, not a little guy
0: This one is a little
1: bigger Yeah It's hiding a lot of the JFK dad bod Yeah, it's
0: perfect Big gut, I don't know what you're talking about
1: not that I can see. Big block inlays. Yeah. Bound neck. A couple of little, are they mini humbuckers? Yes. As opposed to that Decca, which was great big pickups on a little tiny guitar. Yes. This is little tiny pickups on a... Fat on a...
0: guy in a little suit.
1: Yeah, exactly. I thought we might revisit our good friends over at Epiphone. Pre-Gibson Epiphone.
0: No. This is a Gibson-era Epiphone. Oh, okay. This particular model is from 1968.
1: That's a good year. That's a fine vintage.
0: There's got to be somebody out there that was maybe even born then.
1: It's a very Gen X year. Yes. Very Ed Peterson. Very Leisure City, Florida. Leisure
0: City, Florida.
1: Homestead Air Force Base, but the city right next to Homestead is Leisure City. So you lived on
0: the Air Force Base. Yep.
1: For how long? Six months. So just long enough for little baby Ed Peterson to get a flavor, get a little taste of Florida yeah, and just be like, fuck this. I'm out. (laughs) Beverages. Beverages, Ed. Oh, did you bring me a beverage?
0: Yes, on today's menu. Yeah. We're doing this thing where we share beverages and compare notes. I love it. Tasting notes. Yeah. I have brought Ed what is called a UMEX mango nectar.
1: How do you spell that?
0: J U M E X.
1: Okay. Where's this out of?
0: Fruta de mi tierra. So fruit from my earth, home, land. I don't
1: know. Something. Land fruit? Yeah. I like a nice can of juice, you know? That's how you know you're getting the real stuff when it comes in an aluminum can. Distributed out of San Antonio, Texas. A nice Tex-Mex kind of thing. And they wish you to
0: know, Ed, yeah. that, quote, we are proud of our origins. Mm. They made us who we are and spice up our lives. That's why yeah. Umex Fruta de Tierra brings to your table... The authenticity of Mexican fields that give the best in each harvest. Oh. So I can only assume that the mango used in this here, mango nectar, comes from Mexico.
1: Do you think we're talking big corn in this thing? Oh. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's big corn.
1: Yeah. Unsurprising. I just took a gulp.
0: Why is that unsurprising?
1: Because it's juice in a can is why that's (laughs) unsurprising. I don't know. It's pretty mango-y. I like that. Mango puree. And then high fructose corn. So great. Followed by citric acid. Followed by absorbic acid. Followed by sucralose. Jesus Christ. You are such an elite. I don't know. Am I? What kind of food do you want to eat? You should eat food. That your grandparents would recognize as food.
0: Go buy a mango and smush that thing up yourself?
1: Yes. All right. Well, on a purely taste level. I'm not into it. I'm going to drink this black coffee and I'm going to let that sit there and be gross. Okay, then. Is there a canned beverage you like? I like squirt. Squirt does not (laughs) do this pretension that I'm a juice. I'm a soda beverage. I'm not going to pretend to be healthy or juicy.
0: You're incorrigible.
1: uh, mm, That's probably true. (laughs) (laughs) This,
0: Ed, is Mm -hmm. an Epiphone Broadway. The model number was E252, but who cares? We know the quick backstory about Epiphone, that they were started in New York City, Mm -hmm. made up primarily of very skilled craftsmen who eventually went on strike when the company wanted to move to Philadelphia. They kept making guitars, primarily big jazz boxes. Yeah. But the part we're concerned with is the fact that in 1957, Gibson buys Epiphone.
1: I could not remember the year, and that's why I was unsure if this was Gibson era or not. So it's way back, 57 they bought them. Yeah,
0: 1957. Okay. Gibson wanted to create a whole new line of guitars. Epiphone did make a Broadway model. They made their first Broadway model in 1931, but it didn't have pickups in it, and it wasn't a cutaway. Okay. So Gibson retained the Broadway name, but yep. designed an entirely new instrument, which is what we see here. It's a jazz box with a Venetian cutaway, mm-hmm. two F-holes, two mini humbucker pickups. We'll get into that in a bit. Tone, volume, pickup selector.
1: The tailpiece, what do they call that? The frequensator
0: tailpiece. Oh. Three of the strings, the lowest strings, are allowed to run a lot farther behind the bridge than the higher three strings, which terminate a lot closer to the bridge. What does that do exactly? It frequents it. Oh, okay. <laughs> don't For sure. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, so in 57, when they buy Epiphone, Gibson decides to design a whole new line of Epiphone guitars.
1: There was also just that thing where the big company buys the little company, and now the little company becomes whatever it is the big company wants the little company to become. That's right. So down the road, 2020 man sees Epiphone and probably thinks, lower-end import Gibson-y thing.
0: But at this point, 1957, all the operations for Epiphone were sent to Kalamazoo, Michigan. Right. So this comes out in 1958 as the counterpart to the 175, being that they are hollow jazz boxes. Yep, to pick up. Yeah. When this thing first came out, by the way, it had what were called New Yorker pickups. Ooh. They were single coils. The reason they were called that is just because Epiphone had been housed in New York. Yeah. Imagine if the pole bangers Mm. on a single coil pickup were fake, just there for decoration. Sure. Because the coil that wraps around the pole pieces was turned on its side. Yeah. That's what the New Yorker pickups were. The actual name that Epiphone had given them was Spectrum pickups. Ooh, that's a cool name. But eventually, Gibson would move to what we see here in this 1968 example,
1: which is mini humbuckers. Yeah.
0: This is a full-size electric arch-top guitar.
1: Kind of in a fancy line, like big block inlays. Big block inlays, the larger headstock. Yep. The open book
0: design on it. Nickel hardware, 17.5 body width. Let's see what this thing does.
1: Give me some jazz. Some jazz? Yeah.
0: That's great. That's <laughs> great. I love it. Pretty nice <laughs> in the neck. Uh, yeah. Go down in the bridge, we'll
1: jack that treble. Yeah, there you go. Oh, maybe
0: now we put the dirt on it. Oh,
1: yeah. 1991. Ooh! Oh!
0: That's great! Wow! Holy moly! This thing sounds good. That is the Strymon Flint mm-hmm. on the tremolo side. If yeah. we want to just go onto the vintage reverb side of the Flint.
1: That's nice, huh? Yeah, I like it a lot. What about the E on the pick guard? That is the logo for Epiphone. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Is it worn? Was it pearl? Like, I can't really tell what's going on with it. I think it
0: is silver embossed paint that is worn away over time. It's a tortoiseshell pick guard. The pick guard is bound. Yeah. Along with the neck and the headstock. The
1: F-holes are not bound, but the body is bound top and bottom. You could get fancier Epiphone's, I bet. This feels like middle range fancy. Getting up towards top of the line but not. Yeah? Yes. And they did do that eventually. Make this a high end one or yes. I see.
0: In the initial run they didn't. This okay. guitar was discontinued in 1969. Okay. Around that time, Norlin bought Gibson and commenced to sucking all the way to the bottom.
1: Yeah. I don't remember the timelines and stuff, but at some point not long after that is when they started pushing the Epiphone stuff, right? Yeah.
0: So Norland takes over, and then in the early 70s, all Epiphone production is moved to Japan. Yeah. And that's the end of these American ones. Right. It's such a shame, too, because people of our age, maybe younger, whatever,
1: we've come to associate Epiphone with crappy stuff. Most today people don't know much about it. Yeah. They think it's like the Squire. And they do do that. You
0: can get an Epiphone Les Paul for dirt cheap. Yeah. These days, you can get some pretty nice Epiphones though. Right. And the people that took over Gibson are making some Epiphones in America again. That's cool. The quality has gone back up. Yeah. And they're re-releasing some of those. And that's nice to see. Yeah. The Broadway is not one of them. You can't get a Broadway anymore.
1: I'm not loving the Broadway, I don't think. I'm kind of okay with it. I'd rather have a casino. You know, if I'm going to have an old ass Epiphone, there's probably two or three I'd rather have before this one. I think I'd rather have a 175 with the sharper
0: cutaway. Yeah. You think it takes the dirt? I think it probably takes it. Benson preamp Mark II. You know where I'm going next. That is the electro Synth 9 pedal. Yes, please. They moved production over to Japan, and all the way to the 1990s, you could not get a Broadway.
1: 1997, they decide to reissue it. This guitar, 1968? Yes. Broadway? Yes. Ed Peterson was born.
0: Yeah, you said that. They must have seen the beginning of the end upon your birth, Ed. They made and shipped how many of these Broadway guitars? Gibson owns Epiphone still. Yep. It's not the Norland boys. Not yet. Still in America in Kalamazoo. Yeah. 1968, hippy-dippy style. Hmm. How many did they make?
1: I feel like the number has to be low. So I'm going to go 242, final answer. Why does the number have to be that low? A couple of reasons. One, you wouldn't ask unless you <laughs> knew the number. What would be crazy is if the number you tell me in a second here is a quarter of a million. Because you already told us the next year they discontinued it. Yes. So I'm thinking it's low. So a couple hundred. You are right at its low. Okay. Nine. Nine hundred. No, nine. Nine guitars. Nine guitars in 1968. So the guitar you're holding is one of nine made that year. That's right. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Why would you even do that? a huge company like gibson they're making stuff they've got to send them out to dealers it seems like even just having to spin the thing up to build this body
0: well there's got to be dealer agreements right so if some dealer is like hey man a guy just walked into my shop and ordered one of these are you going to tell me you're not going to make it because it's a pain in the ass
1: i guess (laughs) that is a very low number i thought 242 was dumb low well, the total run from 1958 to 1969 was only about
0: 900. Wow. Not that many.
1: No. <laughs>
0: no. Yeah, so maybe they ship those nine between like January and March. And like that last one goes and they just have a little party. Yeah, bust out the daiquiris. Yeah. 1969 drinks.
1: Maybe martini?
0: I don't know. Drop a couple of barbiturates in it.
1: <sniffs> yeah.
0: They call that drink the Peterson, I think. <laughs> Sure. So in 1997, yeah. they do reissue it. It's got humbucker pickups now, not the mini humbuckers. Perfect. And the chipped ear headstock. I'm showing Ed the open book yeah. Gibson-style headstock. You just cut yeah. off the points yep. on the left and the right. Chipped ear. Huh. I had not heard that. And only available in natural finish. Whereas before, it could be natural, sunburst, or cherry. How
1: rad would this thing be in black? Yeah.
0: It must have done well enough. Yeah. Because in 2002, they changed all the hardware to 24 karat gold hardware. <sighs>
1: they go the fancy boy route.
0: Tunematic bridge as opposed to this rosewood floating bridge. Yeah. And you could get vintage sunburst as an option.
1: Spectrum analyzer tailpiece or whatever the fuck you called it? Frequencer. Ooh, Frequencer. Yeah. Did it still have that? Yes. Okay. yeah okay so they make it for a while and stop for a while and but then they discontinue it all up in 2008 (laughs)
0: Okay, Ed, well, this is 1968. The closest price I could find uh-huh. in an Epiphone catalog was 1966. Okay. So that's going to have to do. So in 1966 dollars in Lyndon Johnson books, Ugh. what's Lyndon doing with the economy in
1: 1966? He's probably bombing the fuck out of people. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to take that into account, pricing a guitar. We recently had the I Nailed It. I don't think I'm gonna get even close on this one. I think I'm gonna be way off. Okay, go ahead. Five hundred and sixteen dollars. You did not nail it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but Shit. You're not that far off. Okay. Four hundred
0: sixty-five dollars.
1: I feel like that's not terrible. Fifty bucks? Yeah. I can't do the math. What is that in Today Dollars?
0: Well, to tell you how fancy this thing was considered. Yeah. That's four grand.
1: That seems correct. Yeah. So four grand. Yeah. That is still a lot of money. I feel like the Telecaster specifically... But then lots of things that came after the Telecaster did this democratization of the guitar. You make this thing that's cheap enough and mass reproducible enough that anyone can have one. And so I feel like guitars like this before the Solid Body were guitars for people who intended to use that thing as a profession. Joe Average is not buying a $5,000 guitar. Yeah. They're just not.
0: And if they are buying something that's, say, a hollow body, there are plenty of examples in the 60s of people playing 175s, 335s.
1: But those were also very expensive compared to the Telecaster. Yeah, but there were more examples of people playing them than there were this big fat boy. Sure. Any jazz box is just more a specialty item than a Telecaster. Yes. In my brain, it's just like, you could buy your kid a Telecaster. It would be expensive, but it's less than half the price of this guitar. Yes. I'm guessing Fender sold more Telecasters in
0: 1968. (laughs) Than nine? Than nine. You gotta try it. Try and decide.
1: Pretty sure I know what you're going to say, Ed. Yeah. But go ahead. I'm going to say deny. Deny. Yeah. The one thing that I think is really cool about this guitar. Yes. There's only nine of them. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, that's the thing that I think is coolest about this is like this specific guitar you are holding from that year is one of nine. And that's pretty neat. That's a cool enough anomaly in the guitar world that it's like, oh, that's
0: cool. Other than something that's super unique and custom from a boutique builder or something, I don't think we have ever held a production guitar that there was only one
1: of. Right. Not production,
0: not prototype, not custom, not boutique. Right.
1: This was in the catalog the year before and maybe even that year. And they sold fucking nine. Wild. Yeah. But... There's any number of guitars that I would like more than this one.
0: I think I have to agree with you. This, in today dollars, even on the used market, is very expensive. And I don't know if I could justify it over something that I would want more, like a 175. Right. In terms of playability and feature set and all of that, this thing's fantastic.
1: Yeah. I think the little mini humbuckers are cool, too. There's a lot of cool stuff with this guitar. I just would rather have a few different things personally.
0: Yeah, definitely. No reason not to have a Broadway for playability or sound or any of that stuff. But, you know, personal taste, I guess we chalk that up to.
1: Yeah. Here's the other side to it. Only 900 of these built in their original run. So, like, you could get this jazz box, play this jazz box, and a lot of people would probably go, oh, that's weird. What's that? It's clearly not the jazz box you're used to. No one's going to look at it and go like, oh, is that a 175? Cause it's, it's yeah, not, it's, it's yeah. not. So it's cool because it's more rare. Even on top of the nine that year, there were only 900 ever. Eh, maybe I'm warming up to it just yeah, based maybe. on rarity and stuff.
0: I am in the same boat. Yeah. 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 In the meantime, this thing sounds great.
1: Where'd we get it from?
0: We got this from uncle Frank, Over there at ThunderRoadGuitars.com.
1: Uncle Frank's a great guy. He is. The people love having Uncle Frank on the show. They cannot get enough of that guy. We should have him on more often. We
0: should have Uncle Frank on more often, and we hope you enjoyed hearing everything he had to say. Yeah. A wealth of information and a swell guy.
1: Swell, swell guy. Shout out to Uncle Frank. Shout. ThunderRoadGuitars.com. That's right. And
0: we're going to put pictures of this up there Mm -hmm. on the socials. Yeah. Please follow us or
1: subscribe or leave a review. All of that, any of that helps us tremendously. Smash that subscribe button. Smash that like button. Yeah. Follow along.
0: Yeah, and then come back next week. We'll do it all over again.
1: We did great, John.
0: Okay, then. Bye. All right, bye.